you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Hello and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We are broadcasting live now on the first Sunday of the month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show later on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, we are ringing in the brand new year by taking a look forward to what might be in store with special guest from Geocaching HQ, Chris Ronan, also known as Rock Chalk. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. <laughs> so listen live, get your email app ready and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership to Project GC. And later on, we'll also highlight some of the challenge caches you've found and someone would win our monthly giveaway. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cache the Line, and we also have with us one of our illustrious Geocache Talk net, uh, network uh, podcast host <laughs> Gary, hey Gary, Slinker, G Slink, hey team, hey, what are you doing What's here? Going? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? What am I doing here? No, uh, what day what, is this? What? Yeah, what day is this? No, well, that yeah, uh, it brings us to our big news announcement first. <laughs> What's going news. on with the podcasts? Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot of lot of news that we're going to get to um, over the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, tell me where you want me to start, and I'll I'll start with. You want to start with Sundays or? Well, why are we broadcasting tonight on a Sunday night at yeah. nine p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Central? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, what's is it? Uh, Six p.m. Pacific time. Is that correct, yep. Emily? That's where yeah. I am. <laughs> cool. Six p.m. Uh, yeah. So we had some discussions over the the holidays, and we kind of decided to make a little bit of a, some changes, a little bit of um, to the network. Um, you know, we wanted to highlight shows a little bit differently this year. Uh, we feel very strongly that Challenge Talk, well, all the shows, are doing tremendous. And we wanted to kind of 
do things a little bit differently and allow for uh, a little more highlighting during Sunday of these great shows that I think some people are unable to see, um, you know, challenge talk being on a Thursday night was great, but I think that we can really um, help people be able to see it maybe a little more often if it's on Sundays. Uh, Also uh, gadget talk is doing gangbusters. So we wanted to allow for gadget talk their own. We left Tuesdays, to gadget talk so they do their whole thing and puzzle talk is doing great as well but it was kind of an odd mix of every two weeks it was swapping back and forth between gadget talk and puzzle talk and so we thought maybe it'd be better to just leave gadget talk on tuesdays that's their anchor they're going to stay on tuesdays now they're on every tuesday so awesome. hats off to the gadget talk people yeah but we're going to share the, net, the, the rest of the network is going to share Sundays. And I think that um, I think it's going to work out great. So let me kind of give a little bit more about how this is going to work. So Challenge Talk is going to be normally on every uh, first Sunday of every month, just like mm-hmm. they're on the first week of every month they were anyway. But now they're going to be the first Sunday of every month. Then we're going to swap back and forth between uh, geocache talk will be on the next week. So like next week is geocache talk and then it's going to switch to puzzle talk and then it's going to go back to geocache talk. And I think that this mix will be nice. It gives people a lot of different differentials, different shows to watch on Sunday. It's not just uh, Jesse and I, uh, we like to, you know, allow for a little bit of a mix with these other shows and, um, same guests, same format, but I think overall it's going to be great. Uh, it really is going to be uh, a lot of fun to expand on what people are able to view on Sundays. So they're going to get a lot more exposure to challenges, which I think is incredible and also some more exposure to puzzles. So, oh no, Gary just spilled the beans. (laughs) I just did. All right. Well, here we go. Here's to a new year and where it's going to take us. Yeah, it'll it'll be good because uh, those very topical podcasts on Sunday will be uh, new to some people. And well, hopefully we'll just get an increased community through all of that shared on Sunday nights. Exactly. I love our community. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, we're great. Glad to be here on Sundays, too. <laughs> so last month, we uh, posed a little challenge to everybody for 2022 to try to complete a new type of fizzy grid, completing the that 9x9 nine nine grid of difficulty and terrain challenges, but if possible, using some other uh, property like an attribute grid or a type grid. Has anybody made any progress towards that? Or what are you working on currently for challenges if you are? (laughs) So no progress made yet, but what I did was map out some possibilities. So as far as fizzy goes, I need one more cache in Oregon to complete an Oregon fizzy. So that should be easy, I hope. (laughs) And then um, I'm about halfway through with a few other types. So that'll be more of a long haul. And um, I don't have everything mapped out, but I'm excited about 
the different tools that have popped up, the different statistics that brought this to our attention and um, seeing what I can do. And then all my other goals are kind of uh, date based. Um, but those are my fizzy goals. How about you, Jeff? Yeah. I am working on one more cache type fizzy grid. There's a challenge for having three cache type uh, fizzy grids completed and I'm I've got traditional and unknown just missing the cl next closest would be letterbox. So I think I've got one or two DTs left to complete that one. So that's next on the list. Awesome. <laughs> but other than that, for 2022, I'm still trying to complete the uh, date found year grid uh, for challenge cache finds. Cool. And, um, and then there's some challenges people like to do for uh, making a darker shade of the grid. So if you look on your uh, official profile stats on geocaching.com, um, the color of the uh, the date in the year grid gets one shade darker at 11 and then another shade darker at 26 finds per date of the year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm working on 11 right now and I think I've got a couple of days left. 26, that's, that's a whole lot. That's 26 times 366 days. <laughs> and... Um, uh, and yeah, so the, I've got a couple left for 11 and then a whole bunch more for 26. Probably not going to complete that this year. Maybe cool. Year. So mine sounds pretty small. I decided this year I'm going to work on having two per cache, per date on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the local caches to be able to yeah. do it. But um, yeah. I've been saving up Adventure Labs locally. I can get one stage, you know, per date. That helped. I just tested that on Friday. That worked out for me. So two, maybe three. We'll see if I can work in three three fines per date, but yeah. that's my big goal. I'm not changing any colors, but I'm changing numbers. <laughs> Gary, are you trying to work on any challenges? I'm kind of keeping up with um, a few in the area. I, I love Project GC. I know you guys cover a lot of Project GC, but I love looking at Project GC from periodically and going, oh, I'm going to be in this part of the, of the country. Let me look and see if I've fulfilled any challenges in that area. And once in a while, uh, I do. And it's like, oh, I got to put that on the list because, you know, it's got a little check mark by it. And I can go do that. So <laughs> I'm going to be making a trip over to uh, Derek's deck of the woods here in a few weeks as we're continuing to plan for Cash Fest. And so I need to look and see if I can fulfill some more challenges over in that section of of the world that I don't get to go to very often. So that's great. Mm -hmm. I love that yep. part of traveling, seeing what I can get exposed to yeah. in a different area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. So we chat, we posed this uh, challenge to all of you listeners as well. And so we want to hear your progress. So if you haven't already start working towards that and send us an email, we'd love to hear from you. Challenge talk podcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know your progress. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> We like to also do a little bit of a status update from Project GC Challenges every month, just to see how uh, how the challenge caching landscape is growing every month. So as of later this afternoon, based on Project GC's uh, checker statistics, we now have 7,297 active scripts. These are all of the backend code things that handle every type of challenge that's out there. And that's up 162 from last year. I say every month, there's still new scripts being written. What are these people writing? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't all the ideas already been done? Man. 
Thank goodness uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> we have 39,003 unique challenges. So as most people know, there could be wow. duplicate challenges in different parts of the world, different countries and whatnot. So unique challenges uh, wow. is 39,003 up 475 from last year. So, and that can include archive challenges as well. So this is just everything yeah. raw on Project GC. Uh, we have 47,944 active tags. So these are basically all of the checkers per unique GC code. So every challenge cache listing. And that's up 640 from last month. Wow. Last year. <laughs> that's incredible. So, yeah, the, it seems like there's been some growth over the winter, <laughs> over Christmas. Yeah. Um, and we have 32,557 active challenge caches worldwide. And that is by geocaching.com's advanced search with the, the challenge cache attribute that's up 220 so that's 220 new active challenge caches worldwide wow. great so that's pretty good mm -hmm. being the first show of 2022 i thought it'd be interesting to see what the uh current challenge cache count is for the last couple of years uh to see how the last two years have affected all right. of that so if we look back to 2021 uh, there are, based on that same search, there are 3,381 active challenge caches placed in 2021. Um, interestingly, there were more caches placed in 2020. So there are 4,039 still active placed in 2020. So it, it looks like it kind of dropped a bit uh, last year. Uh, and 2019, 3,560. So there is still kind of hovering, but... It's dropped a little since 2020. Hopefully, it'll pick up again soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Hope. Who knows this if the pandemic caused any problems or not? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And this year, there are a whole whopping 28 challenge caches placed in 2022. That's pretty cool. good. <laughs> only, That's, only nine yes, days in. Yeah. <laughs> and a, a number of those are Ontario. <laughs> I've seen them pop up, and yeah, they're showing up. So now we say that your neck of the woods, but actually Ontario's big, so huge. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of like its own country, you know, because <laughs> you know, oh Ontario, oh Jeff's up there. Jeff, run up to that part of you're like, you know how long it take me to get to that part of Ontario? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the hot spots for challenges in Ontario around Ottawa. There's right. there's a few people who love challenges up there, and then uh, down in the Hamilton region, oh. Niagara, that area. It's just packed with challenges. Yeah. Cool. Someday. Goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another news item since last month. The new Reach the Peak month has begun January 3rd. We are now attempting to climb Aconcagua. Aconcagua? Has anybody looked up how to pronounce that? Or is it no. just three times? <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I'll look it up for you. <laughs> That's uh, 6,960 meters or points, uh, and you get top points for finding multi-caches, which gets you 775 per find. I think another has, uh, another month already has highlighted multis, but uh, I think the points are also growing a little bit each month too. Yeah, I know I got a few yesterday with 725 points based on 15 or more favorite points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was up there too, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right, and you can you find go. all the information. All right. It's Spanish. Oh, let's see. Okay. Aconcagua. However you say that. <laughs> the phonetic explanation. 
Maybe we'll put that in the show notes. Aconcagua. <laughs> I think you're right. Aconcagua. I think you did well. There you go. Um, so you can find all that information on the uh, friends yeah. or the leaderboard, your friends list uh, at geocaching.com slash play slash leaderboard. And that gives you all the instructions, the current point spread, all that stuff. And how far along you are. <laughs> Has anybody checked their leaderboard recently? Well, I made sure to get it. I was out of town yesterday, so I made sure that while I'm in another town, get all the caches there to get my points so I don't have to worry about using up any local caches. So <laughs> that was my goal yesterday, and I made it. Hmm. Yeah, we've got... Uh, so geocaching.com slash play slash leaderboard. That'll give you your the, the current reach the peak and your top nine friends plus you. And I'm really not... Focusing so was, much on getting yeah, the most Yeah, I was in my top 10 yesterday, but that's going to go away so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that one is going till, uh, well, for the month. So whenever the, when, the, when, when does it change again? The the third? First this Monday. Month? So first Monday. Yeah. Is that the 6th of February? That I don't know. is February uh, 7th. 7th. Yeah. And who knows what, oh. Yeah, who knows what mountain that is? I don't think they've announced that yet. I don't remember. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't done that, check it out and work on climbing those mountains. Cool. But on to our topic for this month. It is a great privilege to have with us the wonderful and illustrious Chris Ronan, or Rock Chalk, from Geocaching HQ. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> privilege to be had. <laughs> so, what uh, what exactly is your role at HQ, and uh, how are you involved with challenge caches? We've never had you on the show before, so it'd be great to hear. Uh, so, my title is is PR manager at HQ, and so a big part of my job is working with anyone who might be writing a story about geocaching, you know, media outlets, stuff like that if they write into us and need statistics or want to be put in touch with, <clears throat> with a geocacher in their area to do something about geocaching. So that's part of what I do. But my, my role is kind of a hybrid deal uh, because I'm also on the community volunteer support team, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. We support the community volunteers and that could be uh, reviewers or forum moderators, translators. And that's actually why I came to HQ. I, I uh, had a background in public relations and in media, uh, but I was a hardcore geocacher and I really wanted to work at HQ and I would have done just about anything that I was even moderately qualified for. Awesome. <laughs> and so when something came up that looked like it, well, if I'm being totally honest, I applied for a number of things. And some of them, they probably got my resume and thought, why is he even bothering? This isn't anywhere close to anything he would do uh, or could do. But then this thing came up on the community volunteer support team. And thankfully, they decided, okay, we'll, we'll give them a shot. And I did that for a couple of years and, and really loved it. I had never done anything like that before. But came to really love working with the volunteer community around the world. It's really, really cool to be able to interact with people in, I mean, you guys know how geocaching is. I mean, it's played everywhere. And, and, and so we, we get to have 
relationships with people in in so many different countries and and that's been just eye opening for me and and really enriched my life over the last several years uh, but after I'd done that for a couple of years, the, the PR role came open and they knew that I had a background in that. And so uh, it, it was a little bit difficult for me, honestly, to take that on because I was enjoying the, the community volunteer support stuff so much. And then to my happy surprise, they said, well, why don't you keep doing the community volunteer support and then take on some PR stuff? And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know we could do that. And so it's been great. I've, I've been doing both now for the last few years. And uh, as far as how challenges fit into all of that, it actually came up in my job interview, believe it or not. This would have been in the summer of 2014. I've, I've been at HQ about seven years now. And it came up because it had been something of an issue. And I, and I think they wanted to know if how much I knew about challenge caches. And as it turned out, I, I was really into them. And I think they probably saw my enthusiasm and kind of did this kind of a thing and thought, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll sick him on this. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I did bring in a lot of experience as a, as, a, as a player. And then once I got to HQ and started learning some of the issues that were out there with challenge caches back then, uh, you know, I was able to bring my, my player experience and then also see uh, kind of behind the scenes what, what was going on too. And, and, and that enabled me to play a big role when the moratorium happened. And then with the, uh, with, with the new guidelines, I, it was a, our whole team worked on that. And of course, the reviewer community was a big part of it too. But you know, if there was a point person, it was it was probably me, and and has continued to be me over the years. But again, uh, we have several members of of the team that also work on this topic, among all the topics that we work on when it comes to mm. guidelines and stuff like that. Interesting. I have, I have a little bit of trivia, Jeff, if I may. Chris was on show seven. Whoa. <laughs> It was a pre-recorded show, so it wasn't live, but Chris and I talked about Project Ape cash trip that he took. Oh, yeah. Remember Boy, that? that was, that was a long time ago. Yeah, July. Well, yeah, the show we did was July 24th, 2016. Oh, my gosh. That's when we did that wow. show. Five years. But, uh, yeah, that long time ago. But he has been on Geocache Talk, but that was long ago now that we're up to... <laughs> What are we up to show? Uh, hang on. We're on show 475. Oh, my tonight. gosh. That's wow. amazing. Congratulations <laughs> on that. That's really amazing. Yeah. Truly. Thanks. But yeah. And uh, Chris, though, uh, if I want to, I'll just mention real quick. I'll let you all get back, get back to the topics. But um, Chris was very instrumental in getting CashCon put together right. last year. So a lot of people forget or a lot of people don't know that there's always a lot of moving parts when you do do you know something of of any size scale and so we work closely with hq for that and um it was a great success for all the team but also there was a lot of a lot of behind the scenes team as it were and chris really helped us to to make sure that was done and so hats off to chris for helping us 
accomplished that last year during the beginning of the pandemic or it was the beginning is middle of the pandemic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mid. <laughs> so it all runs together after a while. When's the end? <laughs> yeah. When's it end? <laughs> but, Time yeah, is all man. a blur right now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Chris. Yeah. Now you, you uh, also run the HQ podcast, right? Correct. I do. Yes. As soon as I hear your voice, I expect that podcast, even though we're on our podcast. <laughs> that's a, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's I've, a good thing. <laughs> I've, I've actually had a, a, a cup. I was at an event uh, within the last few months and, and I was just talking to somebody and someone nearby actually came over. Do you do the podcast? Nice. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a, uh, that's very flattering, but also a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you do the podcast? Because it, it doesn't seem to be on a regular schedule. It's kind of like yeah. I mean, that's topics. That's the thing when I when I hear numbers like you know the four hundred and something that, that you all have done, and and so many of of folks like yourselves that that do something on a weekly basis or even more often, and we aim for monthly. Uh, I. I when we started, I, I really wanted it to be something that when we put an episode out there, that it was something that people would really want to listen to and that we weren't just doing it just to do it, which, mm-hmm. you know, because we could get together and and talk about just about anything. But but I, I, I wanted it to be like, hey, we, we've got something that's valuable here. And if that means that it's once a month or once every six weeks or whatever, uh, then great. Um, it's it's also a thing where I want the people that I work with to want to do it. So um, <laughs> so I, I try not to force it on them, and and so that also maybe leads to uh, you know I have to do some some negotiating over the course of time <laughs> to get a few different folks. And but but it's it's been a lot of fun, and people seem to enjoy it. And you know hopefully you know we can keep that rolling along on our semi-regular schedule mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um what platforms does that go to because I, I i have it on uh, apple podcasts um it gets posted on the blog as well i think yeah it does it gets posted on the blog it's on apple google stitcher and spotify i i think are the platforms that that we are using at the moment Cool. I don't use any of those, and I'm still able to listen on my little player. So, oh, <laughs> I good. Think you're everywhere. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> so, you also just mentioned the moratorium. Um, we've talked about it a lot on the show already, um, but could you possibly describe the moratorium in your own words? Right. I'm kind of <laughs> curious. Like, did you? I don't know if you want to say certain things, but did it? Did challenges feel like a mess? To you personally, or like I, I don't know, a challenge to yeah. imp- for improvement. Yeah, that's it's a it's a really good question. I, I would say that, like I said, before I started working at HQ and, and I was you know hardcore geocacher and it really was into into challenges pretty heavy too. I was blissfully unaware of of there being anything that might be a problem with them. And then I started at HQ, and one thing that the that our team does is we have an appeals meeting every morning. And so what that is, is we have a bucket of emails from the community where someone has submitted a cache and the reviewer didn't feel like it was publishable. So 
the CEO can appeal that decision. So we have the bucket from the community where they've asked about their caches. Then we have a bucket from the reviewer community where they might have questions about caches that they're reviewing and they're not quite sure. You know, it may not be a cut and dry case and they come to us and say, hey, what do you, I'd like to, I'd like another set of eyes on this. And so at that appeals meeting, we were seeing before the moratorium, I would say 70% of the appeals were related to challenge caches. Wow. It, it, it was, it was really, and, and the thing with uh, challenge cache appeals was that the, like challenge caches that are so, that can be so subjective, at least before the moratorium, especially they could be even more subjective than they are now. And because of that, it led to usually pretty lengthy discussions. And, and, and so we were spending a lot of time uh, trying to address these uh, issues related to challenge caches, both from the community and from the reviewers. And it was one of those things where we knew, you know, we had a list of things that we thought, okay, we, we need to address this, this, and this. But it was almost like a fire hose. You, you know, mm. we had to stop the water because... Right. If, if we didn't stop it, it was just we weren't going to have time to really sit down and try to address it in a way that would be meaningful and might allow these things to stay around on a more long term basis. Because honestly, it was, it was a moment there where they were causing so many issues and taking up so much time that, you know, there were some people that thought, well, gosh, let's just stop. You know, let's just not do these anymore. And, but there were a lot of people too that said, no, the, these are, there, there's a lot of value uh, for the, for the community with these. And, and I was certainly one of those people that was saying that because I uh, w w was so into them myself as a player. So that's a, that's the main reason the moratorium happened. Why, you know, why we didn't just uh, let them go and try to work on it in the background was we really needed to just shut off the water spigot and and have some time to really gather feedback from the community, gather feedback from the reviewers, and then look at all of that and really digest it and say, okay, where can we find places to make improvements that might uh, make for a framework that is uh, long lasting and and yeah, it, it may be difficult for some players to swallow a few changes, but it might be difficult for reviewers too. And can we meet in the middle someplace mm -hmm. and, and find something that hopefully will work to some degree for, you know, for all the parties that were involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was kind of like a, a trade-off, right? Like you have to reduce some flexibility in order to make things a little more accessible. Um, and so we lose some, some creativity, some, uh, some flexibility there, but it brings it to a wider audience. And yeah, it's funny. And, and I certainly think yeah. this audience thanks you guys for not just quitting on a really great idea. You know, yeah. to some people, it might not have been a really great idea, but, you know, focusing on improving something instead of just walking away. No, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think for folks that don't know, it, it, HQ didn't start challenge caches. They totally started with the community. How about that? Yeah. This and, game is so community driven. It really is. And that's one of the beauties of them. But you also have to realize that the website wasn't built for them. 
<laughs> and and so if I, I really do think that if we could travel back in time and talk to Jeremy back in the year 2000 and say, you need to find a way to build these into the website uh, because they're going to be important to people and they're going to be motivating to people and they're going to keep people engaged with, with uh, geocaching, that things would have been handled differently back in the year 2000. But as it, as it was, uh, they, they weren't built into the site. And so Groundspeak slash HQ has been kind of, was chasing challenge caches for all those years mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. trying to accommodate them, but just almost being reactive to it rather than, again, taking a step, taking a breath and saying, okay, let's, let's build a framework here that actually works as opposed to just continuing to do patchwork and uh, guideline updates over and over rather than doing something that's a little more holistic, which is what we tried yeah. to do during the moratorium. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it being a really tough concept because yeah, with geocaching, people were trying to come up with creative ways to, and uh, other ways to enjoy the hobby. So, you know, those ALRs came, you can only log this find, log this cache is found if you also do this. And there was no rules against it. It's just people got creative and thought, oh, hey, I can do this. And so ran with it. It's, it's kind of like the, um, the, the, uh, the, the thing called the desire trail. You know, you, landscapers will create um, a, a garden or something and put walkways, but then people will mm. want to find better ways to get from A to B. And after a while, you start to get what we know as a geo trail. <laughs> but um, and, and so the landscapers have to decide, OK, are we going to uh, stop people from taking this trail of desire or are we going to somehow incorporate it into the design? Exactly. And, uh, so I think like HQ has had to deal with that with challenge caches. It just naturally evolved from the way people played the game. But now how do we make it so that it doesn't just go haywire and <laughs> that as many people can enjoy it, but we can keep a rein on it and make sure it stays uh, good and relevant? There's um, several questions that we've highlighted now, which is with StreamYard, we can do what's called starred comments. So uh, keep your comments coming. The, the host will get to them. Uh, we've got seven questions in there right now, guys. So just keep an <laughs> eye on Questions for you guys and for Rock Chalk. Uh, so, um, but uh, anyway, you guys keep going. It's great. Yep. Um, before we get to the question, there was one other thing. Uh, so, do you have any pre moratorium and post moratorium challenge concepts that you liked the most? <laughs> well, for me, and it's it's pre and post, it, you know, you guys were talking about the DT grid earlier. That's certainly the, the thing that personally continues to motivate me as a cashier. Uh, and honestly, I'm to the point with the DT grid where there aren't any challenges that necessarily apply. <laughs> um, Just so, personal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's totally personal. Nobody's going to create a challenge for filling your, DT grid 80 something times. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it's, it's all personal. Uh, what I would say is that, you know, Delorme challenges are something that I've, uh, that I've enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as post moratorium, you know, I wouldn't say a concept so much as the one thing I would call out about post moratorium that I'm just really thankful 
that it happened was that the challenge checker uh, mm. re requirement went in there. Uh, I don't even remember whose idea that was, you know, as we were spitballing ideas during the moratorium, but I'm so happy that Magnus and Project GC have been such a great partner with that and that all of the volunteers who write those, those checkers, right. uh, such, I mean, the, the, the work that they do on, the, on behalf of the community has really made a huge difference. I mean, I know for me, prior to the moratorium, so many of those challenges that I would, I didn't have a, I didn't have a PC, I had a Mac. And so <laughs> I, it was hard for me to use GSAC. And if I did, I remember, I think I installed a virtual PC on my Mac at one point and, and it was a pain to use, but at least I could use GSAC. And then, you know, you're trying to import your my finds deal and sort and look for, it was just, <laughs> just being able to click a button and, and find out if you qualify or not is just to me the, the best thing about post moratorium. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Cool. And it's funny because some people would say that the uh, the act of determining if you qualify was part of the difficulty of the challenge cash. <laughs> I know. I and, can't decide. Sometimes I'm okay with it because it gives me something yeah. to do mindlessly, search through my cash finds. But then other times I'm so done with that <laughs> the laborious <laughs> work of searching through your cash finds. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually, I had a challenge recently that I, I was looking at my list on Project GC of stuff that I had posted write notes, you know, different challenges I had posted a note on that I hadn't looked to see if I qualified yet. And there was one that I think it was about animal names, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. One of those pre-moratorium challenges. And every time I would look at it, I was just like, oh, I just, I can't do it. I would just, <laughs> it, it reminded me of the scene from Pee-wee's Big Adventure where he goes into the pet store that's on fire and he's rescuing all the pets and he, yes, he, he looks at the snakes, snakes and he won't go, he keeps passing up the snakes. That's like what this challenge was like for me. Right. I would just keep. That is so awesome. So finally, a couple weeks ago, I was just like, oh, all right, I, I have to do this. So I finally sat down and did it. But um, yeah, so just being able to click that button is, is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm seeing some comments in our chat that people are thankful for those checkers. That didn't have time for all that book bookkeeping work. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned the Lorm. Uh, that's a, a pre-moratorium challenge concept. It's not allowed anymore. Uh, Jim Stark kind of touched on that in a question. He asked, uh, are we ever going to have some of the past moratorium restrictions relaxed a bit, such as the Lorm cash name, owner name based, reasonable find count in a day? or as long as uh, a checker is available. All of those are requirement. Uh, the latter ones are requirements, but I think, yeah, the uh, the text-based searches and Delorme are no longer allowed. <laughs> I think we can already guess an yeah, answer we, to that yeah, question. Yeah, because we, we've heard that. We've heard people say, but I can build a checker for that, you know, mm -hmm. versus the nature of the guidelines that HQ developed for a reasonable um, playing platform, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I, as I'm looking at each of those examples, they each have kind of a different reason behind them. You know, for instance, Delorme, <clears throat> we had a product manager that worked at HQ. He unfortunately doesn't moved on to a new opportunity, but was a heavy casher. And during the moratorium, we had determined that stuff like Delorme probably or other map book challenges like out here in Washington state in the Seattle area, we have Thomas guide challenges as well. And we had determined that those probably weren't going to 
be permitted. And a big reason for it was that that information isn't available on the website. So I told him, I said, hey, you know, if, if you can, because he was kind of bummed ab about it. And, he, and I said, well, if you can get the product team to add DeLorme information to cash pages, then, you know, maybe we can do something with that. And he was like, uh, you know, he, he knew that was a huge project and it probably wouldn't happen. So, so what I would say as far as flexibility goes is it will probably be mostly determined by whether there are different advancements uh, with, uh, with the website itself. So for instance, within the last year, the challenge cache attribute was introduced. So before then you could not have a challenge cache to find X number of challenge caches. Mm -hmm. But once we added that attribute, you could. So I think it would, it would require stuff like that. It would, it would require uh, additional functionality being added to the site. And if and when it is, then, uh, then maybe there's an opportunity for some more flexibility. I, I, the one thing I would say, the, other, the only other thing I would say about that particular question was, uh, it, it was interesting saying a reasonable number, a reasonable fine count per, <laughs> per day. And that gets into it. It's, it's like, okay, what's reasonable? Yeah. And, and, and so that's, that is a big part of the problem with challenge caches is it's so subjective and it's trying to figure out, okay, what's the number? Because 50 might be reasonable to you and five may be reasonable to somebody else. And yeah. that's one of the things that makes the, the make that can make them so difficult is trying to figure out what is a reasonable number for those things. So mm -hmm. again, it's kind of different reasoning between each of the, uh, each of those examples that he provided, but um, interesting stuff to think about. Yeah. And reviewers didn't really want to have to deal with that either because they, th those questions of uh, reasonability were often left on their laps as well. And then right. they got a lot of flack for their judgment calls. If, if uh, a challenge was allowed in one state or province and not in another one, and then the reviewers got all the hate for it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, it could be very contentious with with those reviews, especially before the moratorium, because you know a, a person creates a, a challenge cache and it's something that they've put a lot of time and, and thought into, and to be told no for a very subjective reason uh, doesn't feel good. And and so when I talked earlier about how much time went into uh, into looking at appeals related to challenge caches, it was not just the time, but it was also just the emotional drain that went into it too, yeah. because unfortunately there were a lot of times when you would look at everything, us on the appeals team would look at everything and say, okay, we're going to have to say no to this. And the response would be, let's just say passionate. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and when you get that over and over again, and the reviewers, as as you said, Jeff, uh, the reviewers got that as well. And so that's, you know, it's difficult on them too. And the other thing is, you know, these reviewers, most of them are reviewing hundreds and thousands of caches a year. So when there's one that comes along that requires an inordinate amount of time and or an inordinate amount of what can be unpleasant back and forth with somebody, uh, mm -hmm. anything that we can do to reduce that subjectivity and try to keep the process uh, being more transparent and clear to all sides 
is, is, is something that's very valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another question from KC11 came in about Adventure Labs. Uh, right now, Adventure Labs, they can be used in challenges for total find counts, I believe. But he's asking if uh, challenge caches can be allowed to be associated with Adventure Labs, specifically, for example, completing 50 Adventure Labs before logging the mystery cache. Right. And, and so Adventure Labs cannot be specified in, in challenge caches. So what, what KC11 is, is referring to is specifying Adventure Labs. It's saying you have to complete X number of, of adventures or X number of lab caches. Uh, that is not permitted. But as you said, Jeff, if it's involved in total fine count or if it's not specified, like if you were to say have a, a, a challenge to find any 10 cache types, and you included adventure, you included lab cache as one of the cache types that were allowed, that would be fine. But you couldn't say find 10 and one of them has to be lab cache, mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so there's no plans to make any adjustments to that? <laughs> well, not in the immediate. Uh, so it, it's something that we have talked about pretty recently. Now, when, when the moratorium happened, the reason for it at that time was because this was before Adventure Lab, of course, before the app, and lab caches were really only seen mostly at mega events and stuff like that. So they were pretty temporary, and it was hard to get to them unless you were somebody that went to mega events. Now the Adventure Lab app is out there, so obviously they are much more uh, easy to find than they, than they used to be. However, the Adventure Lab app is still somewhat experimental and, and the Adventure Lab team wants to have freedom to develop that app without feeling like they have to say, okay, we need to do this, this, and this because these are involved in challenge caches. So right. for, the, for the time being, it will be that they can't be specified. You know, I can't predict what might happen uh, a year or two years from now or whatever, but that's, that's the reasoning for it at this point. You make a good point as well, I think, because, um, yeah, the Adventure Labs are kind of their own thing and they're just loosely connected in. And I hadn't thought about that, like being only loosely connected into geocaching stats gives them the flexibility to make changes and do things without having to, you know, find all the connections that have to be fixed and, the, and um, um, copied over to the main site with the new stats and all that stuff. It, it, it gives them a little more freedom for development for the concept. Yeah, I think us as players, we see them out there and it feels very much like it's part of geocaching. You know, if I like today, I was out there, I found some geocaches, I found some adventure lab stuff. And so it was all part of my day. I didn't really think of it as being that I was playing two separate games. Right. But from a development standpoint, they are two separate ecosystems and it's a matter of figuring out how much are they going to intermingle over time. So mm -hmm. It's still in the early days of figuring that out, which, again, I can understand as a player that might be hard to swallow um, because they do seem like they're pretty together in a lot of ways. But from a development standpoint, that's not so much the case. Yeah. So there was another question as well. You uh, reportedly you also travel a lot. Does <laughs> geocaching or working on challenges inspire your travels and destinations? 
Yes, Chris. I that was partly my question because everywhere I go, I see your name on the log. <laughs> so you beat me to everywhere. <laughs> no matter where I've traveled. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Um it, it feels like it used to drive me a little bit more when I was it still does. I mean, there uh, for as I said before, I'm the DT grid is something that so I I I use that uh matrix mapping on project GC. And if I'm going to be traveling, like I was in not far from Gary's neck of the woods, not too long ago. And so I looked and I'm like, okay, what's, what's there in the Dallas Metroplex that, that I might be able to, that I might be able to, to do to bump up that, that DT grid. So, so I definitely still, still do that. But if I'm being honest and I have to admit, I'm kind of shamed about this. There are times when I will go someplace and then come home and then look at my my list of challenge caches that maybe I've signed and I haven't qualified for. And then I'll realize, Oh my gosh, there was a cache <laughs> oh. uh, in Dallas that I could have found. I mean, that has happened more times than I, I hate to admit it. I, like I said, I feel shame. I feel like, especially in this group of luminaries that I'm speaking with and the folks in the chat are probably throwing tomatoes at their, at their screens, <laughs> but uh, we are just like you. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. It's happened to all of us at some point, for sure. Casey has followed up with a a good question, which I think I know the answer to. So I'm going to take a stab at it. He just asked, uh, could a challenge be created that reads something like find 10 Adventure Lab bonus caches in order to to log the mystery cache? I'm going to guess that you can make the challenge for finding bonus caches, but not Adventure Lab bonus caches because there's no property for that. You are exactly right. Bonus cache you could do because of, of that attribute. You could mm-hmm. say find X number of caches with the bonus cache attribute, but there would not be, as you said, a, a property connected to Adventure Lab that would be that would be accept that would be an acceptable criteria that you'd be able to tie into that. Yeah, because we we just had one challenge like that pop up in my area just for bonus caches since the attribute was uh, made available, and yeah, that counts for puzzle series like a um, a set of uh, caches where the final is the bonus once you complete those other caches. Um, so yeah, it could include Adventure Labs, but it can't be exclusive. Yeah, Butterfly so that, Girl is saying she yeah. just did a challenge for finding, but the finding bonus the attribute. bonus cache attribute. Yes. Right. Yeah. So Chris, it has to be asked. I don't know what the answer might be, but are challenge caches considered done at HQ or is there still room for some future improvement? Well, I, I, you know, I think I would say what I want to kind of repeat a little bit of what I said before, as far as I, if I had to guess, it would be mostly dependent on what happens with various features and search capabilities and stuff like that on the website would be my, would be my guess. I wouldn't say done. Um, because again, I don't I don't know where the website's going or where functionality's going, and I don't know the last, I, I've, I'm done trying to figure out what the community is going to do. Because every time <laughs> I try to predict, they zig and zag on me, and I've I've given up trying to keep up with that. Um, so who knows? Uh, I I wouldn't say done, but again, I I do personally think that it's probably going to be largely dependent on stuff like like we just talked about those, those new attributes that came out earlier this year, you know, the bonus cash attribute, the solution checker, the challenge cash. And so 
once those attributes came out, it opened up a little more flexibility. You know, maybe we add new search functionality that also opens it up in some way that 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 I can't predict. Mm-hmm. But that 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 would be my guess. So essentially, there's no current plans, but there's no it's not closed off. Right. No, there's 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 no current plans and and there's no. Uh, yeah, there's there's nobody that is all on the other side either that is that has said this is it <laughs> nothing else good <laughs> we'll add another comment from the pizza ninja to uh, to round things out he wants to give a little bit of a compliment i love the behind the scenes and the story that comes across on the geocaching hq podcast and i have to echo that it's it's nice to listen to that because you get that look behind the scenes um, you know, whether it's inter- uh, interviewing other lackeys or just talking about new features. Um, it, it, it also brings HQ to the community a little mm-hmm. more uh, personably, which is great to see. Right. Um, I love how things work. So that's why I love the HQ podcast. Even this conversation, we get to hear some of how things work. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, that's really nice of the pizza ninja to say. And, and I, I'm that, Avatar makes me kind of hungry. Um, <laughs> haven't, had, haven't had dinner yet, but uh, uh, yeah, you, you know, for us, at least for for me, I, I didn't. I've never wanted the, our podcast to be a marketing piece. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want it to be sound like we're just using it to, you know, pump up whatever latest thing that we're that we're doing. It's it's an, it's important to do that. There are avenues for that, but I've always wanted the the podcast to be an opportunity to get more into the nuts and bolts of stuff that, that maybe you can't go into in a, in a short blog post. And, and also just selfishly, it's been a chance for me as a, as somebody who's, you know, a geocaching is so such a big part of my life to be able to, you know, I, I've gotten to sit down with Jeremy and Brian and talk about the history of geocaching and, and we did one on waymarking recently, and and I've kind of gotten into waymarking a little bit since the pandemic, and so it was fun to be able to ask them just what I felt like were kind of geeky questions, you know, about how <laughs> how waymarking started. And uh, so yeah, you know, it's it just gives us an opportunity to go a little more in depth on uh, projects and features, and then also I do think it's it's fun to. Uh, uh, get to know some of the people that, that, that work at HQ. And uh, it's, it's funny. I remember for some reason, I just thought about this uh, review that we had. I, I think it was on Apple. Somebody said, I think it was a, it was a bad review from their standpoint. They said, it sounds like just two coworkers talking about what they do. <laughs> and he obviously didn't like that, but I personally saw that and thought, well, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it is. And, and, and that's what that's, we want to know. Your, your niche community wants to know. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, if that's, if that's not your, your bag, then that's, that's cool. But, uh, but I think there's a lot of people out there that do kind of like geeking out over the minutia, <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. goes on behind the scenes. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that a few of you enjoy it and you know I'll, yeah I'm I'll, seeing a I'll, lot in the comments a lot of people are echoing that oh good well I'll take a screenshot and I'll show it to the people that have been <laughs> resistant at the office because some of them are like why would anybody care hearing about what I do <laughs> we all care and I keep telling them I say believe me people care and and because 
a lot of them, you know, I'll go to a developer or I'll go to, you know, I mean, I could give any example and they'll say, well, I'm not, I don't have anything to talk about, like a feature that just came out that I worked on. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just come on yeah. and talk about what it's like to build the app or what it's like to work on the website behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff is, is fun for somebody to hear about out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had Gia Cash on podcast to hope this year. Uh, and Brian too, it was great having those two on, but uh, it, not the same hour, but having Gia Cash on and just talking and, and, you know, people just love to hear about, especially people who are like, she's very new to 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 hq but also just hearing people talk about like you said uh chris just the thing they do every day you know is just yeah it's, to us hq is a magical we place. love it we want to yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's funny you say that i i remember i mean i've told people a number of times that for me going to work at hq as a geocacher was a a lot like I think Charlie Bucket probably felt when he got to go to Willy Wonka's chocolate <laughs> factory. Right. And then you work there for a little while and you, and yes, it's great. And I love going there. And I was, I stopped by today because I was just in the area geocaching and I just stopped in for, and every time I walk in, I, I still kind of have the same feeling that I had the first time I walked in. And then there are days when it's just an office, you know, and you feel like, why would anybody want to want to just see an office? And you have to remind yourself of what it felt like before, you know, right. before you came to work there. And it, and it is just, yes, it's just an office, but there's also special stuff that happens there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I think you have to remind yourself because, yeah, if you go to you go to the office every day, well, during normal times, go to the office right. every day and and you 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 may forget a little bit that that, that it is a, a place that that we are so lucky that such a large number of people see it as as special and see it as a place that they want to go and and want to be a part of and it's it's one of the uh, the the super cool things about about working there and one of the things that sucked about this pandemic is is having to not have our visitor center open because that was one of the best things was being able to just walk out there and almost every time you walked out there, there'd be somebody there and they're, they're there from Europe or they're there from Asia or they're there from somewhere else in Canada or the U S and, and they've based their vacation around coming here. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of have to take a step back and say, Oh my gosh, th these people want to make a special trip to our office. I mean, that's, that's, such, <laughs> that's such a cool thing. Hey, there's Gia. Hey, think she just she just jumped in. Gia says, "I still pinch myself every time my key card lets me into the HQ." <laughs> <laughs> Honored to serve this incredible community of geocachers. Also love the podcast too, Chris. So, yeah. well, thanks, we're, Gia. We're, yeah, we are we are lucky to have Gia uh, joining the, the group of lackeys. And unfortunately, I've only due to the pandemic. I think I've only seen her once uh, mm -hmm. in the office, but. Uh, It'll Hopefully all, things will get back to normal out. and we'll get yeah. to see each other more often. Exactly. If you think about it, there's only one headquarters for the entire world. So it's going to attract everybody from around the world. Yeah. It's not like there's a, a European headquarters. It's like, no, there's right. just one HQ. Yeah. You've got to get there. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, hopefully sooner than later, we'll, we'll be able to welcome people back in again because that's been a, that's, Hopefully this that's year. been a, that's been a big loss. I for certainly for us, and I and I know for folks that want to that want to come in and see us. Yeah, 
Well, thank you, Chris, for joining us and being able to uh, share a little about your experience with Challenge Caches. It's great yes, to hear. Yes, thank first you very much. From... Oh, it's my pleasure. Any <laughs> any time, I'm happy to come on, and it was a, it was a real pleasure to talk to all of you. All right, and maybe we won't wait in the six chat. years. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be that long again. I feel like I have to go to Brazil again and get back on the show. I got to do something big. <laughs> we'll fix that. Well, we won't do that again. We talk, yeah. but we just don't have it on. But we need to have you on more often for sure. Yeah. I think it's a great time to move on to our Wheel of Challenges, our monthly contest. Wheel of Challenges. <laughs> yeah, this could be new for that. some of our viewers who have never tuned into Challenge Talk before. So it's yeah. true. It is the wheel of challenges. So Every pay attention. Month. We have a live in this moment game for you guys. Woohoo! Yep. Once a month, a live viewer. So if you're not listening live or watching live, be sure to join us next month. One live viewer every month gets selected to face off against the wheel and has a chance to win the grand prize, which is a one year premium membership on Project GC. To enter, send an email with a subject containing spin me followed by your geocaching username in brackets and the answer to the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel and your profile will be checked live on Project GC and if you qualify, you win. That is your question. What is the name of the current souvenir challenge mountain to climb? And you have to have the correct spelling. Correct spelling. <laughs> <laughs> that could be another question for Chris. The uh, the souvenirs. I've always kind of felt that the souvenirs were um, a form of challenge. Um, like uh, quite a, a while back, I even thought about what the possibility was of perhaps awarding souvenirs for certain challenge accomplishments or statistical accomplishments. Um, Kind of like achievement badges but then we already have that a little bit with project gc's badges but um like is, is there any uh potential of maybe incorporating challenge challenges and statistics into souvenirs in, in a way we kind of already have that i guess with things <laughs> like the dailies um uh, and i think there's a couple of other souvenir challenges that had that but um yeah like fizzy grid achievement badge or souvenir or something like that <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's an achievement system is something that we have talked about. It's a, uh, it's a, it would be a huge project. And, yeah. but, but it is something that has been discussed. I would say never say never about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's not something that has gone undiscussed. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Those, um, I cannot resist any challenge that comes out of, HQ, I will do whatever I need to do to earn that souvenir. <laughs> so yeah, I do feel like they're a, a great form of challenges as well. Even though they're not a challenge cache, you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, even just for the fun of a, a themed little adventure, finding yeah, caches the that are themes. specific to the theme. I love the geocoins that they make to match the theme. And it just gives me a new direction to take my geocaching in. A very specific mm -hmm. direction. Yep. So we have answers coming in, and the first answer that ha is correct is our regular listener, Bloody Cool. Bloody Cool. The answer is Aconcagua. Aconcagua. 
<laughs> I'm Yay, guessing that's how it's spelled. And spelled <laughs> correctly. <it's> pronounced. <laughs> Did you have any meetings to try to uh, determine how to, or which mountains to choose and how to pronounce them? <laughs> oh, well, thankfully I wasn't in the meetings, but there, there were definitely meetings. <laughs> that's, the, that's the marketing team at, H, at HQ, and, and, and I know they also work with the community engagement team to uh, try to suss out the various souvenir challenges and and uh, coming up with some of those uh, interesting I ideas for, in this case, the mountains. So, but no, I, I can't claim any knowledge of how they decided on which ones. <laughs> some of them are so obscure, but I mean, it's an educational, geographical it's a fun idea. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. a great idea. All right, so Bloody Cool is up. We are going to spin the wheel. Which one? Ooh, oh, he's got a f uh, five, five difficulty. Oh, this one is very obvious. GC9119D. 31 dates of tree climbs. He probably already knows if he qualifies. But let's uh, load up the challenge. This one is... Uh, this one was placed... Oh, in 2020, January, it is in Ontario, owned by Carney Gruel, and it is a four, four and a, five difficulty, four and a half terrain. The challenge here is to find a tree climb on every date of the month. So regardless of the month, you have to have from one to 31, all those dates, at least one tree climb. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <tough>. <laughs> I'm trying to get this to the checker tough. now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you've got a lot of tree climbs around, it's not too hard to do. It's just you got to do the tree climbs. <laughs> On specific so days. Yeah. Bloody cool. Put it into the profile name. Select it and run the checker. Drum roll. Uh, not quite. 14 days out of 31. He's the got nice quite about, a few, though. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing about <laughs> this one is that it actually shows you the date so you can plan ahead. So I like example, that you, about checkers too. Yeah, the one, the, yeah, the ones that are nicely the ones written that, are that built actually this show way. you the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll help you plan because now on your calendar you can be like, okay, in this coming month, on the first and the fourth and the fifth and seventh and all those missing dates, you can say, find a tree climb cache. <laughs> Interesting. And ideally, you could qualify this within a month. Yeah. In theory. So. Yep. Sadly, bloody cool, didn't qualify yet. Yet, maybe in the future, he'll send us an email. Qualified. Yes, maybe that's your inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so the other contest that we have uh, every month, we like to uh, highlight congrat a congratulatory shout out to listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging a challenge cache since the last show. And anyone who sends an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com with the GC code having a found it log. So you have, must have found it. Um, and if you want, you can include a photo if you'd like to share as well. Uh, a story, an explanation about your find, all that. Um, for that month, you'll be entered into the prize giveaway for a Challenge Talk Geocoin. And I keep forgetting to pull one out. <laughs> Mine's back in my holder. <laughs> I've given the rest right away. We've had there. so many winners. <laughs> So we have uh, a few to do a quick little shout out for. So we Here have. Uh, There's the challenge. Oh, there, oh, there it is. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty. One of, one of the 
set of at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven coins for the Geocache Talk Network. So, first of all, let's take a look at one that Bloody Cool himself has sent in. It's GC360ZH, Maryland's top 10 challenge. And there it is. Uh, so in this, this one is a five, four and a half, no, five difficulty, one terrain. <laughs> I have a large screen now. It's very small. Um, and it's in Maryland. And the next one actually is similar to this, but I like this because this is encouraging people to look for the highly favorited caches, uh, in a, in a region. So in this particular case, uh, you have to find, um, 10 of the top 20 favorite geocaches in Maryland. Oh, that's a great idea. And I think these these challenges are fairly common. Um, favorite point challenges and whatnot. But uh, there was that one and another one sent in by Will602, which is the planner challenge, Dutch Masters. And that one you have to find 25 out of 30 of the top favorited traditional caches. In the mm. Netherlands. Okay. Another variation. Five of 30. <laughs> okay. But uh, it, it gets you searching. Because, yeah, the, if you look at the top 30 favorited caches in wherever, they may not all be traditionals. They might be filled with something else. Right. So this True. at least you know, gotcha. gets you to experience the best of something. Yeah, either, all of those types of challenges, you're going to have a great time, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the community yeah. has spoken. This is where you should travel to. Mm. They've earned those favorite points, so hopefully there's a good reason why. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one sent in by J6 family is GC3MDN0, 10,000 miles or more geocaching challenge. 10,000 miles. This one is one big paragraph of text, but you can find it where it says, the challenge is to find 100 caches at least 100 miles from your home coordinates. Because 100 times 100 is 10,000. <laughs> oh, okay, and, I got you. Uh, yeah, this was a good one because it encourages traveling. And if you look at your stats as well, it, I believe the official one, it has, uh, or maybe it's Project GC, uh, shows you your distance bands from home. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yeah, there it is. So distance defines. Yeah. If you look at this, this kind of gives you an idea of how much you travel. So it, it, it's, an, it's a good way to get you looking at this one as well and, um, you know, trying to find lots and experience other regions. I think sometimes gets spoiled with their own home regions. We get so used to our local cachers. And um, so, yeah, I thought that was a good one to get people to encourage uh, traveling. Absolutely. That's a great 100 one. 100 miles. What was that in kilometers? <laughs> two, <laughs> two and a half Hundred, uh, come on, we can do it's it. Like two hundred and two hundred and something. No, hundred, no. Google it. Yeah, hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy, something like that. I can't remember what the conversion is. <laughs> uh, we hundred miles is one hundred sixty point nine three four kilometers. Oh. Yeah, not too bad. As, right in the as a kid, I would say kilometers. It's like, no, that's not the <laughs> one. <I'm saying. laughs> kilometers. I've, I've, 
I've used both of those pronunciations in different contexts as well. I don't, yeah. I don't they're, they're both valid. <laughs> both valid. So. We have another one in from Merlin1392, GC9H8R0 is the advanced challenge. So this is the hardest of uh, a, another common theme of having mm. like a basic, mm-hmm. medium and difficult version of challenges to find 800 finds in December. Mm. Cool. Mm. And this, it, it's, no way. I think this is a series, so there's one for each month, and the numbers are different. Obviously, I think a lot of people, I don't know, how many, do you cash much in December? Because that's Christmas. <laughs> it could be busy. So either you're really busy with Christmas, or you have a lot of extra time, time off yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, and it's winter months. <laughs> Maybe, depending on where you are. <laughs> yeah, depending on, that's true. If you're down mm. with uh, Ozvox and uh, uh, Darren, they're down in Australia, so it's summer for them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, while over here, we love cashing in the winter. There's a benefit to every season. There really you just is. Got to ch- change your mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. And wear the proper clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And this is actually um, on a trail of 92 challenges. Merlin cool. 1392 says. And when he found this one, he qualified for 90 of them. Nice. <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but you never know. They could be all like one, three difficulty. This one, though, is four and a half, di- five difficulty. 800 in December. I think it could be hard for a lot of people. It depends on your caching. Uh, like, like, uh, like Chris said earlier, people cache differently, so... Yeah. 50 a day for some people is outrageous for 50 a day for others. And so 800 in yeah. a month, you know, depends yeah, on Yeah, there's many, a few factors. There's like yeah. how many still around that you need to find and how much you enjoy caching in either the deep of winter or the deep of summer. <laughs> and some don't cache. Summer. I mean, we've, we talk about that on our show, you know, on, all the time. And that is, you know. I, I don't cash like other people cash, you know, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's the beauty of geocaching is that, mm-hmm. you know, you cash the way you want to cash. Exactly, you know? it's awesome so, like that. Yeah, and it's another example of a cash that you could, if you wanted to, go find it and sign it, and then you might not qualify for ten years. Right. Make a note, though. Right, Chris? <laughs> Don't forget. Exactly right. Because <laughs> I've done that as well. But, yeah. <laughs> I ran around with, with Memphis, you know, Jesse one time here in DFW area, just like you did. And uh, I signed all kind of challenges. There's no way I could do any of those. But Jesse had done them. <laughs> so he wanted to sign them. So I'm like, oh, yeah, put my name on it. Doesn't matter. I, I can't log it, but <laughs> anyway, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> so we have another one sent in from Zippertiff. It is GC5M42P Moose's Challenge, 750 Moose. trackables. Oh, this is like a love it or hate it. <laughs> it's like the snakes in the uh, Pee Wee Hermit thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. In this one, um, <laughs> continuation of another other trackable challenges he's created simply prove you have discovered or moved 750 trackables or more wow 
And that's an easy stat. It's visible on your public profile. It's an easy one to see. It's just, that's a lot of trackables. Some people, you know, you go to a mega event, there's tables and people will just get all the codes and, and discover them all. It's a lot of work to discover that many. <laughs> <laughs> and I, because we have a one for discovering a thousand trackables in Ontario here, and I'm still not right. qualified. <laughs> but then I've got like a folder of hundreds and hundreds of photos of codes that I haven't discovered. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not in your stats, right? That's in your, in your profile? Profile, yeah. Right. Okay. There's, gotcha. uh, yeah, just on that list of, uh, um, Numbers of fines and and whatnot. There's a, a stat for number of travel bugs. Oh, okay, I think it's cool, every, yeah. I think it's everything. If interacted with, discovered, and uh, mm-hmm. picked up, moved, all or that. Moved. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there's there's a trackable challenge that I was working on, trying to gather the qualifiers recently. So when you put that up there, it made me think of it. It was too. <laughs> It was to find a tr- or to discover a trackable or move a trackable that originates in every state. And oh I yeah, think, and I think ten countries, and huh. it is a nightmare to try to. <laughs> wow, because you got to go through every. I mean, you can yeah. go to your trackable logs, but then you have to click into every one and look at where they originated from. And right. I think I'm down to f- there's four states <sighs> that I haven't. But there's no way to search for them. There's no way to do it with GSAC or any of that. So I, so I, I did that challenge too, and somebody found me something. Oh. <laughs> so there was a tool, and then that tool told me I only needed a trackable from Rhode Island. And oh, somehow wow. I pulled that off. I think that, and if it's the same challenge, it's at uh, PDX Airport area. And um, huh. probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. I, I don't normally fly P out of PDX, but the the stars aligned. I found the Rhode Island. I flew through PDX. I was able to get that challenge. <laughs> wow. Hmm, so awesome. there's a tool somewhere. I'm going to have to maybe figure that out, where that came from. <laughs> yeah, that would be great because, like I said, I've – it's a little like Pee Wee Herman again. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, the, it's this, it's the snake. I love this. I love this. <laughs> it's the snakes. I'll go and look at it and I'll think, okay, I'll go through uh, a few more and nothing happens and I get frustrated and I put it away again. Walk away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hide and seek found me that information. So I'll have to go back and see what he found for me and share that. Yeah. That is a, an interesting concept. I like that one. I'd never thought about that. I mean, I guess that would be a pre-moratorium. That's definitely not post-moratorium. Yeah. That wouldn't be allowed. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times, I, I don't know how you guys are, but if I'm out caching, I'll just dump any challenge caches from that area onto my list. And I don't even necessarily look to see if I qualify for them. I just go ahead and sign them. And then I feel obligated to like try to, <laughs> try to qualify. It's like, right. why can't I just say no? Why can't I just delete my right note and say I'm not going to even try? Yeah. And I'm just, oh, right. I don't it's know what pra- that is about me. Yeah. It's a good practice in uh, delayed gratification. <laughs> right. You go to an area, you find, you sign, you log it online. But with challenge caches, you find, you sign, ah, oh, not yet. But now you got to ah. wait and, and qualify. <laughs> One other shout out to make, uh, Gary of the GBs sent in some uh, emails. He, he mentioned that he now qualifies for, or has now qualified for at least 3,146 challenges in 11 countries. Woo! Wow. What? 
That's insane. <laughs> that is a lot of caching, <laughs> if you think about it, to qualify for 3,000 caches. You're right. Challenge you're caching. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a yeah. lot of geocaching under his belt. A lot of variety, I would think, too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. to qualify yeah. for that many, you have to kind of... That might not be to... found. I, th- I wonder if... Yeah, if Project GC actually provides, I think it does provide that list, like a statistic that says you qualify, or we've determined that you qualify for this number of challenges. All right, I know what I'm doing after the show. (laughs) First thing she did, go check. (laughs) Going right now. Listen, listen to the show is a little bit like I don't know an addict going to a a non like a drug dealer's meeting. I mean, my gosh, this is it's like every time you put one of these things. Like I'm writing down, okay, Manistee County Challenge Trail. Yeah, go to Michigan. It's like I've got all this stuff I got to do now. You guys are giving me more stuff to do. You're welcome. (laughs) You know, we say it's not about the numbers. We'll take it it as you're welcome. Funny. Uh, one last update we love to, that I, I love to at least uh, highlight at the end of every show is just an update to the challenge cache that I put out pre moratorium called the Iron Bingo Challenge. Uh, it's GC3D5EB and it is a bingo grid of uh, basically consecutive um, challenges, consecutive find challenges. And for example, having five five consecutive days of where it goes, that's not too hard. But three consecutive days of over ten kilometer hikes, or it's uh, where is it? Five days of um, scuba caches somewhere on that grid. It's there. <laughs> but you've got to create or, or complete a line in order to qualify for the challenge, and the center is one hundred consecutive days of caching, and. This was a pre-moratorium challenge. Uh, there are now, there were checkers for each of the squares, but there is now a Project GC checker for the entire challenge, save a few of them because they can't, it's not possible to have checkers for some of the squares, but you can use that to determine if you qualify. And I initially had opened the door for um, rewarding people who complete specific shapes or the full card to earn the reward of a geocoin once it's minted and it's in progress uh and so i decided to open it up to listeners of this challenge talk podcast to uh to work towards completing the full bingo grid of this challenge and uh so every month we like to highlight if there's any updates and the latest update there are people locally at least who have been finding and signing in who don't yet qualify but uh, nobody, not another person has yet qualified for the full grid. So if you love consecutive caching and some of these are still possible or work towards completing the entire full grid, you could get yourself a, uh, a special geocoin once it's done. There are people who have completed the entire grid within that 100-day minimum uh, number of days, that center square. That's and so cool. It was just intense. Maybe at some future show, we'll get some people on to chat about that experience. Yeah. Well, Owen from KC says he's been working on some of your weekly challenges on the bingo grid. Awesome. Excellent. It's great to hear. I still need to qualify for this as well. <laughs> I mention it, <laughs> mention it every month, but I, yeah, I need to plan for it. Um, 
We'll have to see. There is one line that is easy. If you just want to qualify for the challenge, there's one line that's generally easy for everybody to qualify. But yeah, the whole thing, it's crazy. <laughs> good luck. Good challenging. See if you can do it. <laughs> well, jumping back real quick, Gary says, just check the challenge tab on your Project GC profile to see those qualifying numbers. Oh, okay. So it does give a, a summary in your stats summary, basically, on the dashboard. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. I don't see why not. If if you're a premium member, if you have a membership with them, then it will be updated live. They, they uh, run those checkers through premium member profiles automatically. Uh, if you don't, I think you have to manually put your profile in to be checked. I believe okay. that's how it works. All right. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Uh, on that note, any closing thoughts, any questions, any uh, comments about challenge caches or 2022? Any plans for this year? Challenge goals? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do them. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got I one I'm... last night and then I uh, looked on the satellite view and I was driving home after dark and it was in a cemetery and I thought, I just, no, I'm, I'm going to obey the rules. I'm not going to go get that one. <laughs> but my plans didn't go perfectly anyways yesterday. So I have a return trip planned and that is now on the return trip. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the events, I think I, I mentioned working on the year grid and whatnot, but hopefully with the events this year, um, as long as those all work out and the travel plans follow through, then I'll certainly be looking for a lot of these older and rarer caches for uh, some of these right. challenges that have been put on hold. I have I have a list of challenges I'm working on, and there's a whole segment that are all travel challenges that, that mm. require U.S. states and whatnot, and they're just sitting there waiting, waiting. <laughs> and you're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trapped. Uh, so hopefully this year. Yeah. So in case people are wondering, uh, Challenge Talk will be on again. If I got to make sure I don't, if I get the date right, but it should be on uh, February 6th. Yes. Will be a Challenge Talk. The 43 means that's how many shows we've done combined, all the different network shows, in case you're wondering. So cool. I'm going to start adding that uh, in case you want to know. All right. Number and Jeff, yep. the chat pointed out we did not announce the coin winner out of those people who submitted their challenge finds oh yes that's right <laughs> so sorry about Went that guy. right over that <laughs> this month's winner is will 602 <laughs> so cool. congratulations Congrats. will 602 thanks we for will, contributing uh, we'll be in contact to get your info and send you that coin cool <laughs> So show notes will be posted as usual shortly after the show airs. It'll be in the video description and various places. And as Gary said, the next show will be the first Sunday of February, February 6th. Same yes. time, same place. Now the as next show, I'll put in the show, I'll put it in the chat room, but the next show is actually Tuesday with Derek. It'll be uh, in Chad doing Gadget Talk. Uh, how to weather and, and paint a cache. That is on Tuesday. And then next Sunday, we're going to do, it'll be a gadget, uh, a gadget talk. It'll be a geocache <laughs> talk. Don't confuse everything, Gary. Keep it together. Uh, 
Well, there you go. So that'll be uh, a show with uh, actually K Blast is going to be on. We're going to talk about some caches he's found that are pretty amazing. So all right, yeah. and sure I would like. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I would like to tell everyone that you need this. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you haven't purchased the coins or this chest for the um, Cash Fest coins, this is just amazing. This um, crate that holds, oh, I, I sealed it too hard. Um, <laughs> it's tight. <laughs> it's tight, but it holds the, uh, the three guitar geocoins you guys you have got to check this out go to cashfest.com go to the shop this is just such a unique set of coins to own that will help support getting cash fest um running this paid, year paid for yeah paid for yeah. <laughs> so not only will it help us it is such an awesome thing to have in your collection mm -hmm. uh and uh I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yes. Make sure to follow uh, Geocache Talk on social media because uh, all of the upcoming shows are shared and announced when the topics are known and made public. So uh, right. make sure to follow on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, yeah. Instagram, um, YouTube, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to update the website too, just to let people, because people are asking. Right. And it's, you know, I know it's confusing right now since we're combining everything to Saturday except for Gadget Talk. So I'm going to work with Derek. We're going to get the show calendar updated a little more on. So if you ever need, if you ever wonder what's going to be on Saturday, uh, what's going to be on Sunday, what's going to be on Saturday, what's going to be on <laughs> Sunday, on <laughs> you can go to the geocachetalk.com and you'll find it. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Chris, for joining us once again. Uh, and. Thanks, Chris. Dealing with Thanks. our questions and our grilling. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun, and I've, I've enjoyed scrolling through the uh, comments. I'm seeing a lot of familiar, some friends yeah. in there, and some some of my Kansas, my, my fellow Kansans, uh, <laughs> Ryan and Owen in there, and uh, uh, other folks. Uh, it's a lot of fun seeing some of the comments there. <laughs> Great. Yes, thank you to uh, all of the uh, listeners and chatters who joined us for this live show at a different time. Maybe we've got some new listeners. Maybe we've uh, brought over all our old listeners, but uh, it's been active and it's great right. to see. And so a reminder to all our new listeners, um, send in your challenge finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com so you can be a part of that um, potentially being featured and winning that challenge talk coin. We'd love to hear what you're up to and um, send us your challenge questions. We want to bring those into show topics as well. Yeah. Yep. We love hearing from you. So on that note, remember, it's not about the numbers. It's about the challenge. Thank you, and we will see you next month. Good night.